You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey folks, it's me, Bridget, and I'm really excited to welcome Miss Fatima Butler. She is a bold and driven woman that is making a difference for people of color in the hospitality industry through her new non-for-profit, Rooted in Hospitality. She's building resources and creating DNI plans just for our industry. Fatima also tells us how we can support Rooted in Hospitality and her dream to have REHE certificates all across the nation. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite cocktail, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. Julie and I are truly honored and we're really excited to have you on today's episode. I am excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Teddy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what really brought you into the beverage world? Well, I can start with that. Like what brought me into the beverage world? When I left my mom's house, I live with my sister and we live right around the corner from a dive bar. The owner of the bar like saw me walking to the bus stop or whatever. And he came up to me like, hey, have you ever bartended before? I'm like, no, just come to this bar at this time tomorrow. (laughs) And I'm going to like, like walk you through the whole process. And so I started bartending at this dive bar and I worked like the daytime shift with all, with all the retired people that lived in the neighborhood. So from 11 till seven, pretty much Monday through Friday. So that was a lot of years ago. Can't tell you how many, but, um, <laughs> and so at, like after this, after that bar job, I started, um, I decided that I wanted to go back to school or go to college. I, um, I started working in nonprofit like at the age of 23. And um, I started as a receptionist at a nonprofit, worked my way up. By the time I left this particular nonprofit, my uh, final role was director of operations. But throughout all this time, I was moonlighting as a bartender. So my mom was a partner in a bar that was on the south side. So I bartended at this bar that she was a partner at. And then after that, like I had a I had a kid and um, I decided I didn't want to do the part time bar bartending things. So I um, stopped that. And then like when my son turned five, I started just doing like private events, bartending private events. And then I met Andre and Ramon and they were part of, they had just taken Bridget's class and they like introduced me to this whole like cocktail world. And then like learning that people were using like fresh juice and things and cocktails. It's like, yeah, this is, this is me. This is all about, this is what I'm about right now. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got introduced to like the cocktail world through Dre, like Andre, Ramon, Dan, meeting all those people and then meeting Bridget. 
And then from there, it's like, this is what I want to do. So I started like trying to be involved in that more and um, kind of stopped like and been a nonprofit <laughs> a whole lot. So 2018 came, I got laid off from a, the nonprofit job I was working at. I was like an operations manager at a, um, a, a cancer research foundation and I got laid off and I'm like, okay, it's time. This is like, it's telling me to like go back into this cocktail world full time. So during this whole process, during this whole time, like I realized that there was like a la- lack of representation of people of color in those front of the house positions, like all the managers just like there was no representation management owners all that were just like I'm like I need to do something about this I feel like there's something that can be done to change this dynamic because I know that we uh, and but when I say we I mean black people are out there are like interested in being in this industry can do a really good job of it um and so COVID happened quarantine happened and I decided, oh, now is the perfect time for me to start this nonprofit. I have all the skills and tools to actually do this. So I'm going to do this. And that's how Rooted in Hospitality was born. Well, not really. I There was a whole thing that happened before that. But <laughs> I had a, um, so there's a person that works for Southern. Her name is Nona. She um, She's part of the Bacardi team. And uh, so Nona, me and myself and um, Tangie, who's a server at Sepia, we were all having a conversation about customer service. And um, we just we started talking about how uh, there's a lack of customer service uh, skills in a lot of businesses or whatever. And like, how can we fix that? And we started talking about training and then it evolved into like what the idea of rooted in hospitality started off as and so I'm like you know we gonna I'm gonna do this thing and y'all gonna be on the board because this is gonna happen <laughs> I got nothing but time right now so and so um it so rooted in hospitality the whole like mission of it evolved from like thinking about tra- get, providing customer service training to people to actually providing em- training employment mentoring like um, education opportunities to people of color in hospitality. So that's a long, long story, but. (laughs) It's a great story. And I I think that a lot of our listeners don't realize, you know, I mean, first I want to ref, like go back a little bit when you say like you went through this class and you're talking about the Academy of Spirits and Fine Service in Chicago. Right, right. Where you then met a lot of the Chicago community members, uh, beverage members, cocktail nerds, you know, that we're all hanging out and just spreading the good word and bringing our friends into the class um, as well. And I know that that's when I first met you, but to really watch you, um, you know, shift and change within your career and the growth and to put something out there so bold is incredible. And it's, it is needed. And I, even as a white woman in this industry, recognize the need for it. And so I'm very excited to know more about Rooted in Hospitality today and how we can help promote the heck out of it because it's an important, it's an important program. I'm, I'm thinking now about like Bridget, your class. I was not in the class with Andre and Ramon. I, there were so many great people. I think Charles Jolie was in the class with Andre and Ramon. <laughs> Is he like the most notorious like bartender right now? <laughs> it's funny because the Academy, it really did help um, to shape people in our industry and giving them a safe space to learn 
and then a nice nudge out the door to keep going. Mm-hmm. Is what it was mm-hmm. there for. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I spent some time and I, I looked at your website rooted in rootedhospitality.org. Yes. Right. Want to make sure I get that right. And I loved your bio. I thought it was, it was very nicely written. And so I, I read a little bit about your journey, but I think the one thing that stood up is really leaning on that network, that bartender network. And I think Bridget bringing up the Academy of Spirits was really an opportunity for you to meet all these other people. And, and I think everybody genuinely wants to help each other. And it is a very diverse uh, field and a diverse industry. So there's no reason why front of the house shouldn't look like the community. There's no reason why leadership should not look like the community. And I think that's all what we're all really recognizing and wanting to, to build towards. So I see that when I looked on the site, I actually signed up because I saw that you can volunteer. I saw that. Thank you. you. Yeah. And I, and I just thought it was, it was very well created, really simple, you know, and I know right now you guys are probably just trying to collect information and, and collect P uh, collect, uh, people that, that want to volunteer that need the services. So what would you like to tell the listeners, whether, whether they need the resources or they want to help? I, um, I would, I would love for people who need the services to sign up. If they have any, if, if they have a service that's related that they want to like, um, comment about or inquire about, that would be great too, because Rooted in Hospitality being a, a new nonprofit, I mean, it, it's not, we're not stuck to what like the mission is like specifically like, um, so if people need services that they feel like are like kind of under, under that umbrella, if they will, if, if they would sign up and like mention that, that would be great. Like, for instance, right now, we're like working with a brand to provide meals next week to people um, at restaurants in Chicago. Um, and it's, it's like a cool partnership because I feel like right now at this moment, that's more needed. All the bars are closed. All the rest, a lot of restaurants are closed. And so um, there's no like no real need to like work to get people in jobs or anything because it's, it's like not really a lucrative thing right now. So like we're working with a brand to provide meals. We're trying to raise funds to provide groceries, not not actual tangible groceries, but gift cards for groceries for people because I don't have the the bandwidth to actually try to figure out how to like take bread and store it somewhere and figure out how to get it to people. But I feel like getting people gift cards so they can go and buy their groceries is easier for me to navigate. I would love for people who need the services to go to the website to sign up. So when we are, when we have all the resources we need to provide whatever the services are, we're going to provide, we're able to just like help them figure out their path for greatness within the industry for people who want to volunteer. There's um, rootedhospitality.org forward slash volunteer, where you can sign up to be a mentor. Um, I would love to have somebody who's like well-versed in administrative stuff to help with that, like if you're an operations person and you want to volunteer some of your time to do some of that, that would be great. The board that we have is great, but everybody on the board actually has things that they're doing. Like they have, you know, their full-time job. So it's kind of, I get a little time from people on the board, but 
it would not be nice to have somebody who has like maybe 10 hours a week to dedicate to the organization to help um, with the success of everything. No, that's, that's really great to know because I know that at companies like at Southern Glazers, I know even at Beam Centauri that they really promote volunteer time and volunteer days. So I think getting the word out and, and making sure everybody knows that, that they can volunteer their time um, for, for Rooted in Hospitality. I don't want to say yes, I need you to volunteer and not have anything for some like anything for that person to contribute. So it's like specifically I need somebody who has like those kinds of like operation skills versus somebody who just has time available and wants to volunteer because right now there's nothing that that person can do unless they have those specific skills. Yeah. That makes sense. It does make sense and I think right now that everybody really needs a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. more than ever. And that's why I really love you know, what you're putting together and really what you're trying to put out to the world, it's really important. And that's what it's going to give. It's going to be people a purpose as a format, but then also creating something that's new and very much needed um, within our industry for long-term, not just for now, Right. you know? So I'd like to kind of go back and, and talk a little bit more about that. You know, we you're talking about how this really formed because people, um, that you've worked with in the past at different restaurants and bars, you know, they didn't look like you in leadership. Um, they weren't behind the bar. Why do you think that there is that gap? There is a lot of reasons. So, um, a long time ago before I met you, Bridget, when I was working, like the first bar job I had, I went to like Chicago bartending school or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they had this like lifetime placement service. And I filled out all these applications trying to get into a bar downtown and never got a call back for an interview. Never. Like, and it's like, I had like bar experience and I still never got a call back to work at any of these places. And when I went to fill out these applications at these places, there was like not a black person in that space at all. Like in the downtown area of all the bars, there was, it was, there were even fewer black people than, than there are now. And it's like ne- right now, like in Chicago, if you you can count the number of black bartenders on two hands that, you know, are in cocktail bars. Like, where's the gap? Like, why I is think, that? I think um, one of the main reasons is because um, a lot of people who um, make hiring decisions or, or have when the position becomes available, they'll talk to somebody who already works at this uh, space and this person like kind of um, refers people that they know. And so if everybody in this space is white because that's this if everybody in the space is white everybody who they refer is probably gonna look the same so the manager managers if they're looking to like hire they probably are gonna like reach out to their sources their friends and they probably have the same demographic as the people as the people who are making the hiring decisions even culinary agents kind of filters out certain demographics, probably. I don't know how they do their filtering, but even trying to go get a job through culinary agents with experience in the industry has is, is, is been not easy. So it's like all the avenues that you go to go through to try to get a, a job in the industry within those kinds of roles in front of the house roles. There's something blocking that for people of color, like whatever it is or something. Well, I wonder what that is because we need to understand what that is in order to, to mend it, you know? 
to really to mend it, to make sure that um, our restaurants and bars look like the communities. One of the things that um, I wanted to try to offer through Rooted in, in Hospitality is like diversity and inclusion training for um, bars and restaurants for like, because I know that people who become managers, like bar managers, beverage directors, they, they most of them don't have previous management experience. So they so like the route that they take is based on things that they've seen, like it's like a cycle. It's always going to be like the manager before me did th- their things this way. And so this is what I'm going to do. And that's how it ends up being like the same. But like if there's like a diversity and inclusion plan within a bar and restaurant, like if they have a plan, like this is how we do. This is how we recruit. This is how we make our hiring decisions. This is how we promote. And it's not based on anything except your skills. Then it wouldn't the problems wouldn't be what they are right now. Another thing is like just because you hire people of color doesn't mean that you're like in, like your space is inclusive. Like mm-hmm. having a, the body in there doesn't mean that person feels like they're included, like their voice is being heard, like their culture is being like recognized, and that's an important part of it. Also, like hearing people's voices regardless of how they look, and recognizing that different people were brought up different. Like I, my eyes, when I'm talking to somebody, if I'm I don't like a thing, you can see it in my eyes. And it's not that I'm not listening or I think that you're an idiot or whatever. It's just this is how I respond or react to whatever this situation is. And it's and it's like this is my this is how my family is. Like when we when we are upset about something, you see it in our eyes. And it's not like it's not like I don't understand what you're saying or I don't or I'm trying to disrespect you with that. But it's just this is how I communicate. And you need to recognize that different people communicate in different ways mm-hmm. and like accept that everybody is different. Basically. Right. Yeah. We're not cookie cutter. Right. Right. Cutter, right? right. Like we we are different. And I think that's it's so important. And we've had a few other conversations with different DNI leaders. And it, it's really about we we actually have to train people on people you know, and, and cultures, because there are many different cultures. I mean, my, my background is, is uh, my mother's from South Korea. So I really grew up with the Korean culture and we have certain nuances, you know, my friends would come over and be like, why is your mom yelling? (laughs) Is she she angry? I'm like, no, she's just talking, you know? So it's, it's very different depending on our cultures. And I think that's really, you know, I, I commend you to think like that instead of just shutting maybe some of these business managers down, maybe, maybe they don't know. And that education that you provide to them, because we know running restaurants is a struggle. It's really difficult. So not all of them can really just hire a DNI expert to come in and provide them trainings where maybe some of our, the bigger companies can, or even hire somebody to do that. So be able to offer that, I think is so important, especially during these times, because I think people, people do want to do the right thing. Uh, business and, and the numbers prove that with a diverse workforce, diverse leadership, you are more profitable and there is more innovation because you have different people thinking of new and creative ideas. So it's also it's not just the right thing to do. It's a good business move. And I think more people need to be aware of that. So I think you providing that is, is a game changer. 
That is absolutely true. And I am no diversity and inclusion expert. I have two people. One person is on an advisory board and one person is ready to go whenever um, there's a, a business that's willing to pay the small amount for the training. And um, that's something that they um, actually mentioned in their overview that it is way more profitable to implement like that kind like a diversity and inclusion plan to have a plan to implement the plan like less turnover all that good stuff that costs a whole lot for restaurants bars organizations period Eddie what do you love about our industry oh my god what I love and what I miss right now is Mm -hmm. guest interactions (laughs) I love I love people so much I love that like that transfer of energy more specifically been behind a bar and like having somebody say, make me a cocktail. And you, and you like just asking, what do you usually like, or what have you had today? Or how are you feeling? And just make them something based on, based on that and having them like enjoy it. And like, Oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted. Having those kinds of things happen or making somebody's day because they're at your bar for anniversary or something. And then they come back the following year because they remember that you treated, you know, treated them well like that that service that level of service like where you make somebody's day or make them like change their whole attitude from being upset about something that happened in their life to being happy about being in your space is what I love I mean I I would say that I love like the uh the the created family part of it but sometimes (laughs) Sometimes that created family, you just want to wring their necks. Like sometimes it's like real family. Neck. Yeah. It's like blood family is what right. it's, it's the same right. thing. Yes. I have, I have felt both in my <laughs> lifetime for sure, but that's what makes it so beautiful as well, because of the relationships that we form yeah. in this industry, they're real. They are, you know, they're real. I can say that I've had, um, the ways that I've had have been over, spanned over decades now at this point, which is so amazing to me. Um, and I'm closer to so many people in my industry, sometimes even more than I am some members of my own family. So there's something there, right? Right. Yes, definitely. It's like like this kinship. Um, and you, you just said it perfectly too. It's like this energy, um, that connects each other. And, and I think that's what makes our industry so incredibly um, beautiful and hard at the same time. I mean, I spent like a whole, say four years working at a nonprofit organization where at the end of like in the final year, I did, I would come into the, into my office, like go into my office and shut the door and not really say words to people (laughs) all Mm -hmm. day. And that was like, that crushed my soul because I Mm -hmm. love to talk to people. (laughs) And I'm like, why am I here? Like, this is not what I want. This is not it. This is not right. I need to do something else. That was like, so that is, yeah, that whole energy thing is, is important. I actually make more phone calls to people now than I ever did because, you know, I can't, I don't really see a lot of people in person. So I'm going to call this person, I guess. I hate phone calls, but that's all I got right now. <laughs> yeah. Like texts just don't do it anymore. Right. Like we right. have to hear each other's voice. And, and it's funny because we had all these tools, like we had zoom video. I mean, at our work, we had FaceTime and we never used it. You know, if somebody FaceTime may be like, what are they doing? Why are they <laughs> intruding in, in my personal space? And 
now it's like video on all the time. Like I want to see you because we do miss that, you know, we miss yes, that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> it's crazy how much I talk on the phone now. Like even, even on zoom, like I'm talking way more now these, this year than I have in forever. <laughs> Growing up, I was a quiet one. I was a shop. I didn't want to talk to anybody unless I had something important to say. And now I'm like, I can't stop talking. <laughs> well, I think you do have something really important to say, mm-hmm. right? And it's something that um, we want to voice out. We want to share with the world the best that we can, because what you're doing is really important. It's very um, bold and it's very brave of you. And it's um, just amazing to put yourself out there and create something to help others. And so for you to bring together the two worlds in such a creative way, I hope you know how important that is. You know, you're bringing together your non-for-profit experience along with your beverage experience to create something beautiful and wonderful to support, to support the industry and the people in it. I cannot wait to have some results occur from this organization because right now it's just kind of like in theory, this is what I want to do. But until there's like actual, actually something tangible mm-hmm. that happens, then I, I, I have a hard time thinking about it. It's been, oh my God, this is, I'm doing something important because I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> well, you have, you have a board and you have a plan and you have a website And you're on this podcast talking about it and it's going to come together and it's going to be amazing. It will. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. You're an amazing person and your heart's in the right place. And I think that that's, you know, I I do believe like when your heart, your mind, your soul is in the right place, um, only something positive can come out of that. And that's it. I mean, and it's not easy to put yourself out there. It's just not, especially right now, living in a pandemic world, it's extra hard to put yourself out there. So, oh my God, you just awesome. don't understand how hard it is. I am a production person and not a in front of the camera person. I am nope. not, <laughs> I am the cameraman and not the actor in life. <laughs> well, so many, you know, people are like, I have a, a family member and she's so creative and she's you know, keeps creating different business concepts. And, but if she has to get out and like, she's gotten a lot better over the years, but at the beginning, she's like, I can't sell my own brand. And I'm like, what do you mean? You can't, that's your brand. You created it. You should scream it from the rooftops, but we all do have different things that, that we are better at. But I think as Bridget said, the fact that you've created this foundation, um, nonprofit foundation, you've put it out there, Um, I think that's the biggest step. I mean, that's huge. It's real. Right. And now it's about getting the word out and, and getting help and Mm -hmm. reaching out to the community using this podcast and, and people, listeners, all of you that need purpose in your life, like we all do, and you're in the area, right. Commit, commit to the next 12 months, 2021, 10 hours a week to help or fatty donate. do her yeah or administrative oh, or donate or wait, right wait donate of- if you can't donate then volunteer but i re- i need more donations than volunteer hours <laughs> yes and that too right like working with all these different brands and organizations and and really showing them what you're 
what you're doing and what you want to do and getting them um, to support. I think that's, yeah. that's really important. That's where the work comes. So tell us about the, the meals that you guys are delivering. Where, where is that going? And, and do you really focus on kind of the local community in Chicago as far as the activities? So this um, particular thing that's uh, that we're doing in conjunction with the brand is um, it's, it's, it's specifically for people in the hospitality industry. It's only one day. It's four restaurants like throughout the city of Chicago. And we're going to um, either start reaching out and putting out fillers later today or tomorrow. So it's like it's happening so fast. <laughs> There's like meal kits. It's going to be um, meal kits for people in the industry that they can go pick up at the restaurants and either it's going to be a, a fully cooked kit or a half, you know, like it's going to, however the restaurant decides to do the meal kit is how it's going to be. I'm excited about this because it's something to actually do right now that will actually, that's actually tangible. It's getting people meals that are in need of them. At, yeah, that's you know, wonderful. Yeah, so um, that, but the 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 initiative that I want to that I, besides that thing, the initiative that I'm trying to get funded really is this gift cards for groceries thing. And I know a lot of um, brands say we don't give gift cards. I'm like, you're not giving gift cards. Rooted in hospitality is you're contributing to the program, so that's a donation to a nonprofit organization, which you can. It's, we're tax exempt. We're like a 501c certified nonprofit. So you can, you know, that's added to your corporate responsibility or whatever you have. All the money you have set aside to donate, just give us a, a portion of that so we can provide some people that are out of work or have less hours because of closures in Illinois, provide them with some gift cards so they can go buy groceries. If it happens before Christmas, that would be even better because people can go and buy groceries for their Christmas meal, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. That's the main thing that that's like the biggest focus for me for Rooted in Hospitality right now. Well, I'm glad that it's you're great. getting the message out today. That's really, really great. Um, if Rooted in Hospitality works, you know, the way that you envision it, where do you see it 10 years from now? 10 years from now, I see um, restaurants and bars like having a little sill in their window that's like, we are a certified diverse or inclusive or like restaurant and have like certified by Rehi or Ruta, it's Ruta and Hospitality Incorporated, but we call it Ruta, you know, so certified yeah, like by that. Rehi. <laughs> like to have everybody, buy, like, it's like, we know that this, the, that this, um, this place is inclusive that will you know, will be seen and will be heard here. And so we will want to work here because Rehi has certified them as a space that actually cares about diversity, cares about inclusion, cares about social equity and all those things. I and love that. Like I, certified Rehi, and you just know, right? And and you right, know it's right. gonna be a place um, that you'll that you'll be welcome, that you'll enjoy, whether whether you're somebody looking for employment to go join as um, as an employee or as a customer. Yes. Yeah, I guess. Right? Uh, and, mm -hmm. and it's like, you know what, if you're not certified by Rehi, you know, like, I don't know where you stand. So I like that. That's I do great... too. I think that that's really great marketing and it's, um, and it shows, gives a place of value. 
right? To the spirit and the energy and yeah. um, the culture that they're trying to create in their space. Right. Um, also, we are working on a mentoring program first. And at some point, the training program and the training program, the vision for that is like when you finish this training program, you would have as a bartender, same abilities as somebody who went through um, uh, Le Cordon Bleu as a chef, you know, like that kind of bar training program where you can cost out cocktails or you can like create a menu where you like have these customer service and management skills that are necessary. So taking AOS and like, like multiplying that by 10. <laughs> All right. I want to see you do it. I know that you can. I know you will. I Thank you, say. Bridget. I know you will. Yeah. And we, there's nothing like that. Nothing like that really exists. There, there's not, everything is separate. Like you mm -hmm. have AOS, you have WSET, you have, or WSET, I don't know, how, however you call it. Mm -hmm. um, you have all those little things, like you have bar five, but if you took all those things, put them all together and like, this is all you have to take. And it like incorporates all those, all those different components. That's like the goal of the training for Rihi. That's very cool. Um, will there be a Rihi signature cocktail? <laughs> well i can say that there's a restaurant they are um doing a cocktail for their cocktail of the month a portion of the proceeds are going to go to rooted in hospitality so that's a thing that's happening but no like maybe what can we what what would this cocktail look like um you tell us you're the yeah you tell us mixologist it would have to be something that has um Oh, like a this root, so like a ginger. Yeah, yeah, ginger would work. Sweet there potato, I don't know. Something with that's root, rooted. <laughs> that's rooted. <laughs> I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to work on that one. The Next time we have you back, you'll have to, have to make. The <laughs> or even horseradish. We were, we made my son try horseradish last night. He didn't like it very much, but. <laughs> now you, this sounds like. Do you know a uh, Chicago reader used to have that thing where bartenders would challenge each other to make cocktails with like weird ingredients uh -huh. and horseradish. The only thing I can think of is Bloody Mary and to make any. That's else, what I was I, thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some there's some other things, but it's like a Chicago reader challenge. <laughs> it's like, what else can you make with horseradish besides a Bloody Nothing. Mary? Nothing. That's it. Just can a Bloody you? Mary. Probably it takes not. over everything. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes really great. Well, can you leave us and leave the listeners, um, Fatty, with just some advice, you know, if they're looking to get into the beverage industry, what would you tell them? So advice, uh, don't get caught up in hype. <laughs> Let people drink what they want to drink because it's all, it's all a spirit. It's all alcohol. It all affects your liver in the same way. Um, I'm, you can do your best to try to steer somebody away from something that you think is not really good, but just don't like, don't impose your own idea on somebody's preferences. I think that's like the main thing that I want to say. So many people get so caught up in like, why are you drinking vodka? Vodka sucks. And it's like, mm -hmm. if this person wants to drink vodka soda, let this person drink vodka soda. Like, no, just make them the best vodka soda they ever had. <laughs> I love that. As, make yes. Cause what did vodka ever do to you? <laughs> exactly. As a matter of fact, I love those shirts that say vodka pays the bills because for most that most people, that's what they're calling for. They, they right. want vodka. I um, love making cocktails with vodka because then it's all about what you add to the 
you know, to the vodka to, that makes that's the most important. So, yeah, I don't I don't. So that's the main thing. Just don't get caught up in your own hype. Yeah, that's really good advice, you know, and that that's uh, a big part of hospitality is really thinking of others before thinking of yourself. Yeah, yeah. right. That's kind of the heart and soul, at least, I think, of our industry and of hospitality. But um, Tina, I really want to thank you so much for being unserved up today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as Julie and I have. I wish you all my very best. We wish you great health and just a lot of peace. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers. Cheers.